the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. For the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, your comments, and your concerns. We are four months into the new year, and we've already seen many, many challenges. We've seen catastrophic earthquakes with untold loss of life. We've seen extreme weather conditions. Mass shootings are in the news every five minutes. Not to mention our daily struggles with the world, the flesh, and the devil. Challenges that hinder us and stifle us from moving forward. Challenges that work to drag us backwards. You know, if you're a musician, you know there's nothing worse than playing an out-of-tune instrument. It's flat or it's sharp, it's off pitch, it doesn't sound right. Concert musicians all know how important it is to be in tune with that concert A, that master tuning that keeps everyone in the orchestra in tune. In the same way, if we expect to keep moving forward in the face of life's challenges and all of these difficulties, We have to make sure that our lives are in tune every day with God and Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives. So tonight we bring you part 11 in our series entitled, How to Stay in Tune with the Master Tuner. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed and thank you so much for that. Awesome introduction. Uh, The Lord is always uh, using you to bless the people before the message and appreciate uh, you allowing God to work through you. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Well, you know, uh, we come to as uh, Brother Gary said, to part 11 and uh, on this series, How to Stay in Tune with the Master Tuna, and what a series this has been. I know it's been a blessing to so many people because many people have uh, wrote us and called us and said how much of a blessing it's been in their lives. And uh, tonight, I want to kind of like come at this uh, from another perspective in relationship to how to stay in tune with a master tuna. And I want to kind of build on a a word that is found in the Bible. It's found in 
1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. And it talks about uh, how uh, here that uh, God has given uh, to uh, the body of Christ the discerning of spirits, the discerning of spirits from 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 10. Now, I want to build on this word discerning and discernment because in order for us to be in tune with God, we got to pray to God and pray urgently and seriously and biblically that God would grant us and, and anoint us with the gift of discernment because we need that in dealing with uh, how to uh, hear from God and how to uh, obey God and how to follow God. Now, uh, before I get into this thing of discernment, I just want to kind of build on it from a biblical standpoint, but I'm going to say this first. I want to just lay out to you by way of introduction uh, three different S, three different S. The first S is that we need to ask God to help us to sit before him. Just sit, just be still. Uh, you know, so sit before God, that's that's the first one. And then the second one is to be still. So we need to sit before God. Uh, that's the first S. And just sit in his presence. And uh, and God will bless us if we do that. And then uh, the second S is to ask God to give us strength to just be still. We're always on the move. We're always on the go. And we always uh, uh, constantly... Uh, hearing from other voices that it's not necessarily the voice of God, and it just causes us to be running everywhere, doing a multitude of things, and we wonder why we're not hearing from God and we're not being blessed by God. And then the third S is that we need to just uh, be silent in His present. You know, uh, be silent. There's time to speak and time to be silent. There's a uh, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes, Solomon says, and we need to just stay uh, in being still. Stay in being, that's another S, out of fourth one, you know, stay in being still. And the third one, just be silent in his presence. And then just stay with all of those. That's a fourth one. I just add that. Stay with all of these S. If we're going to really develop the spirit of discernment. Now, uh, the gift of discernment that we should all pray for, and I thank God that he's given me that gift uh, in dealing with so many cults and false religions and dealing with just trying to discern uh, different things in uh, my uh, life every day, you know, had a tremendous experience today and going over to Pier 39 and uh, I had one of my coworkers with me in and he said, well, Dr. Buckner, I'll just drop you off and you can just go, uh, in and get what you need and come back. I said, no, let's part because I believe God's going to do something. I just discerned that. And sure enough, uh, as I, uh, as we parked the car and walked towards Pier 39, uh, there were some street preachers, young people out, uh, preaching to the people. And, uh, I, uh, 
uh, walked across the street, and I went back to where they were at and gave them some cards of my radio program, told them I'm a, a preacher and a pastor. And they said, let's give you the mic, brother. Let you go ahead and you start uh, telling the people, preach to the people, teach. And I'm going to tell you, I had about uh, 10 minutes to preach the word to the people out there. And people were listening and they were paying attention. And what a great move of God. And my staff said, man, that was a discernment that you had. Uh, because if I would have stayed in the, in the, in the van, I wouldn't have got blessed like that. I said, as well as myself with you, you know. So it's important for us to have that gift of discernment. Now, the gift of discernment helps us to distinguish uh, right and wrong, good and evil, and also uh, spirits that is contrary to the Holy Spirit, because there's a lot of spirits at work contrary to the Holy Spirit. And you got to Watch out for those spirits that are always trying to infiltrate you and come into your mind and to your heart and tell you things and uh, that is contrary to uh, the will of God, you know. And so why is the gift of discernment so important uh, in our personal life and in the church? I'm going to uh, talk about several things why it's important in our uh, personal life and in the church. You can lay it out that way with the question, why is the gift of discernment so important in our personal life and in the church? Well, because uh, uh, it, it gives us insight into Satan, who is the great deceiver. The Bible calls him a great deceiver, and Jesus called him a murderer in John 8 and 44, and you talk about murders that are happening left and right with so many people uh, doing so many evil things in the schools, people killing themselves, and people doing so many violent things. Uh, we need to have the spirit of discernment so we can discern uh, the attacks and deception and the deceiver who is Satan. And another reason why we need to the gift of discernment is because uh, we'll be able to discern demons who counteract God's uh, word and work as an angels of light. See, you, you need to know discernment because you can be listening to some people even on the radio, on TV, and you got to be able to discern uh, what they're saying is in alignment to the word of God. That's what uh, the Bereans did with Paul, the Apostle Paul. They uh, tested everything he said to the Word of God. Now, you got to know the Word of God in order to do that, and the discernment is in alignment with the Word of God. If you're ignorant of the Word of God, you don't, your discernment will not be there. You got to be uh, a person of maturity with the Word of God in order to discern uh, good and evil, right and wrong, and these spirits that are at work today. Now, Christians with the gift of discernment have the God-given ability to recognize also lying evil spirits. There are lying evil spirits. And there's a spirit, not only lying evil spirit, but the spirit of the Antichrist at work today. And John talked about that before the, the big man of sin comes, that 
there are antichrists now in the world. They are conditioning people's minds to be prepared for the antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition. And my friend, a lot of people will even give in to the antichrist when he comes because they'll be ignorant of God's word. They will not have the spirit of discernment. And that's so important. And sometimes when you don't know what is right for your life, contact people like Dr. Buckner and others who have the gift of discernment so they can help you with the decisions you make because a lot of decisions we make is demonic, is of the flesh, is of the world. Now, you need to be able to know lying spirits that are at work and the spirit of the Antichrist that's at work. And in uh, our world today, from the White House to the uh, ranch house and to people's homes and those who have no home, lying spirits are at work. And, and the spirit of the Antichrist is at work. And we need to discern those spirits, the lying spirits at work. Also, God has given the Christians with a gift of discernment the ability to identify deception right before it starts. You know, God has blessed me to be like a spiritual hound dog. I can sift them out right away. I know it right away. And I can, I warn people, oh, no, it's not that. And later on, they regret. They wish they would have listened to me. Also, God gives the gift of uh, gift of discernment to Christians uh, with the gift of discernment to recognize false doctrine, counterfeit doctrines, immediately, right away, by knowing the Word of God in order to rebuke these evil spirits that are at work. And we see this throughout the ministry of Paul and Peter. They had the gifts of discernment, and they were able to discern evil right before it got started. And we know some biblical examples of this would be um, in Acts chapter 16, 16 through 18. And Paul, when he and Silas was having a prayer meeting, and they were, the Lord was moving at the prayer meeting, and then the devil made his appearance, see, the devil a lot of times don't come to church uh, in a taxi cab. The devil comes to church by using people's vehicle, legs as vehicles. That's what he does. And so this lady came and was disrupting the, the prayer meeting. And, and then the Apostle Paul rebuked that spirit out of her. And then we see the Apostle Peter, uh, he had the gift of discernment. But in Acts chapter 5, with Ananias and Sapphira, because they were uh, trying to compromise, confuse, and contradict uh, God's money. And the apostle Peter was able to have the gift of discernment to discern that. Now, I'm going to say this in closing, and I'm going to continue this next time we come to the grips with this. When the gift of discernment was not exercised in the church of Corinth, what did it do? What did it do? That's an important point. What did, question, what did it do when they did not exercise the gift of discernment in the Corinthian church? It gave division, distortion, deception, and lies regarding the truth. That's what it did. Strife and division came in the church because people didn't have the gift of discernment. Now, I'm going to close with this prayer. 
and you can pray with me. Dear Lord, forgive me right now for not exercising the gift of discernment and not seeking it because you've told us in 1 Corinthians 14, seek these things that you might excel. Lord, we need to excel, but we repent right now. We confess our sins and accept you as Lord. And Lord, we pray that you'll give this anointing of the gift of discernment upon our lives so we can discern right and wrong, good and evil, and deception before it even gets started. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you tonight. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. Give us a call. We still have plenty of time in the broadcast to entertain your questions, your comments. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say that this is definitely a prayer-driven ministry. We know your prayers are, are working. We feel your prayers. We sense you are praying for this ministry. Many of you, many of you have uh, been praying many, many years for us, and we so appreciate that. Uh, it's, it's really an important time right now with contending for the faith. We need you to step up and keep those prayers going, but also we need you to step up and continue to give to Contending for the Faith, because not only is it a prayer-driven ministry, it is a listener-supported ministry. And without that support, you may tune in on a Saturday night and find another program in our place. We need your help, especially right now. Uh, We need your support. We need your commitment. We need your consistency in in your giving. It's a vital time, as I mentioned. And... um, you know, if you've never given to the broadcast, now's a great time tonight. You know, we're looking for some committed people. Maybe you can pledge tonight $25, $50, whatever the Lord puts on your heart. You know, you cannot give God. And a lot of times our giving is a is an act of worship. Many times God puts it on my heart to give to people, to give to ministries, to support uh, other ministries as well. And, you know, I've always found that God always takes care of us, no matter what. You know, we give our tithes, we give our offerings, and we give to ministries as well, like Contending for the Faith. And I want to encourage you, you know, one thing we do at our church every year is we, we give everybody uh, an opportunity to begin to tithe and give. And we, we say, look, try it for six months, and, and if God doesn't meet your need, We'll give you your tithes back. It's a money back guarantee. You know what? We've been doing this for years and we never had to give back a single penny because God is faithful. Trust him. Uh, Check it out. He will supply all of our needs. And as as we give, he's faithful to take care of us. I want to encourage you tonight. Uh, We are in need right now. We need you to step up and and knock a home run for contending for the faith. Now's the time to give. 
there's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or a money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. So that's one way. But the second way is so much easier, so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button. It's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. So we want to encourage you tonight. Now's the time to step up and hit a home run for contending for the faith. All right, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to go to the callers? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Alfred had a question. He's taking it off the air. His question is, what was Adam and Eve's nationality slash ethnicity? That's a very very good question. Well, uh, unfortunately, and fortunately, the Bible doesn't tell us, you know, so uh, a lot of people are into speculation, uh, but we are to be into revelation over speculation. And that's very important for us to understand this in the light of... uh, Uh, Alfred's question, Um, uh, what we need to emphasize also is that the Bible uh, doesn't get into race, but grace. And the only race that it gets into is either the human race or the Christian race, the race of faith. You know, Paul talks about the race, that we're racing a race of faith. So, um, and so when it speaks of Adam, it speaks of Adam and Eve as a male and female, which is something important for us to hear today in this woke world uh, that's trying to <clears throat> change uh, a boy into a girl and a girl into a boy. Uh, God made it very clear that he made male and female. <clears throat> that was God's design and purpose, and Jesus even spoke of that as well. Uh, when he talked about marriage and uh, in the beginning, was it not male and female? So, and it's still that way in the eyes of God. It's not that way in a lot of these uh, people's minds today that's trying to corrupt what God has said in the Bible, but we have to stand firm on what God has said in his word. So when the Bible talks about Adam and Eve, it's always uh, talking about Male and female, that's what we all have become, either a male or a female, uh, through Adam. And it talks about the first Adam in First Corinthians chapter 15. And then it talks about uh, in uh, Acts chapter 17 and verse 26, and has made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. So what God has done through uh Adam, uh, the first Adam, he's created uh, him as the the executive head of the of the race, uh, the mankind, and that uh, we all came from him. And so the emphasis should be uh, in Adam. We don't know uh, what nationality is, and I believe God purposely uh, did it that way so that uh, people like the Black Hebrew Israelites cannot claim that uh, Adam was black and and a whole bunch of other people in the Bible was black. Uh, so 
they don't have those claims. God just says that he was a man that God made and created because God knows how people can get all into uh, getting into pigmentation and race uh, and get away from grace. So the Bible is not into skin, but deal with sin. The Bible is not into physical pigmentation, but biblical revelation. So our focus should be uh, the human race. They were the mother and father of all ethnicities. And Adam and Eve are presented as non-ethnic. They represent all ethnicities. That's what. That's the way we should be saying it, that uh, we all came from Adam and Eve, and they were uh, the mother and father of all ethnicities. And Adam and Eve are presented as non-ethnic. They represent all ethnicities. So that's the way I would answer that. And I think our focus should be on that so we don't get sidetracked and try to say uh, my race is superior than your race because Adam was white or Adam was black and uh, or Asian or so forth. But we don't get into all this stuff. It's a good question because it needs to be addressed because there's so much, uh, you know, name it and claim it stuff. But that's the best way I can uh, mm. respond to that question. So true, Dr. Buckner, especially in this day and age, we have to really be consistent in what we teach from Scripture, that God created them man and woman. That's it. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. And we are in a culture today that is trying to uh, adapt the Bible to the culture when mm-hmm. we cannot compromise God's word. The culture needs to adapt to the Bible. You know, we are in a situation where we have all of this bizarre stuff happening with people uh, thinking that they can change their genders and doing all this stuff. And this is this wasn't even talked about 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. which lets you know how new this concept is or this heresy is. Because we're going to abandon, you know, the last 5000 years of human history for this Johnny come lately anti-biblical concept that people uh, are, are, are promulgating. Mm-hmm. We really got to stand on God's word. We really have to be uncompromising when, they, when we come to it. And we got to speak the truth and love, just like you were doing on the streets of San Francisco today. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so Amen. true. Gary, those are some good, encouraging words. I appreciate that. And to add to that, just to sum this up, uh, Paul hits this on the proverbial theological nail of, and when he said in Romans chapter 1 how they've changed the natural to the uh, unnatural. Mm-hmm. You know, and then God gave them up to a reprobate mind. And that's what's happening, what Gary's saying and what I'm saying in bringing this home is that uh, people get into the uh, changing the natural way God has designed man to be and changing into the unnatural. And so when I'm going to do a study sometime on the, on the book of Romans chapter one, and you have, you start off with these P's and you start off with the fact that uh, man gets into perversion. That's the first P. And, and Paul is kind of pretty much hitting on that, even though he doesn't use the word perversion. And then what happens, the second P is when he gets into perversion, 
what God does with the second P is penalty. You know, and the penalty is that he gives them up to a reprobate mind. And that's what happens. And that's that's a sad state to be in because uh, it just says in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, because they rejected the truth, that God sent them strong delusions that they were more alive than the truth. And that's what's happening all around us today. People have become demonically delusional. They think what they're doing is really right because, as Brother Gary said, they are more influenced by the first C, culture, than the second C, which is Christ. And Christ should always dictate culture, and that culture dictate Christ. Yeah, amen. So that's a good word for Alfred, and we appreciate your uh, question as well. Well, it looks like we're having some issues with the phone, so our instructions are to go ahead and just read the question and just answer those questions. So Brother Rick's question was, your thoughts on the Romans' road to salvation? Well, that's a very good question, and, um, you know, I am uh, also a professor. Uh, I teach at Gateway Seminary. I used to be Golden Gate Baptist Theological Seminary. And so I'm a professor there, and I'm going to be teaching uh, May, June, July, and August. And looking forward to that, and I teach master and doctoral students, and we always have a wonderful time. But one of the things that I do in that uh, class is that I cover the question that Rick has, is, and that is the Roman road of salvation. Uh, and when we talk about the Roman road of salvation, uh, it is in the book of Romans itself. That's why they call it the Roman road. And there are three key scriptures that I uh, point out in the Roman road. And I, and I give this to the students in my class and they get graded on it. And the first scripture in the Roman road is uh, Romans 3 and 23. As a matter of fact, I, I can probably just say there's four. Uh, and uh, so uh, Romans 3 and 23, where it talks about well, all of sin and comes short of the glory of God. That's a salvational scripture. And then you uh, have uh, Romans 6 and 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then you have Romans 10 and 13, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then you have, which, uh, number four, this is the one that uh, I have the students, they have to memorize this, because this is a tremendous scripture regarding uh, witnessing as well. Uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart, men believe into righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. I'm saying that by memory. So uh, the Roman road would consist of uh, all of these uh, four scriptures. And I believe that every Christian should have the Roman road memorized. Uh, if you want to be effective in witnessing two people, uh, in sharing the good news, the charisma, the gospel. You you need to be familiar with these four scriptures that I just gave, and you need to memorize it. So when you're leading someone to the Lord, uh, you need to 
know the Roman road to salvation. Again, uh, we get ready to come to a commercial break, but let me just give them to you one more time. Romans 3 and 23, all of sin comes short of the glory of God. And number two, Romans 6 and 23, talking about the wages of sin, death, gift of God's eternal life to Jesus Christ the Lord. And Romans 10 and 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then and number four, Romans 10, 9 and 10. You know, that's a, this is a good scripture on uh, the death and resurrection of Christ that we need to share. And that one is a key one in sharing the gospel. Well, hopefully that helped to answer Rick's question. And I'm going to turn it over to Brother Gary for, before we go to our commercial. All right. Well, it is time for us to take that commercial break. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell. And once again, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. Oh, we just can't thank you enough. We believe in the power of prayer. We have seen it in action, and we know God is faithful to your prayers. So please continue to hold us up in prayer. Also, we need your help uh, in terms of giving. It is a vitally important um, part of this ministry. It's listener-supported, and it's prayer-driven. And so we need both. We need your consistent prayers, and we need your consistent giving, especially now. Giving is, for some reason, kind of low. And we don't want a situation where you tune in on a Saturday night and discover that contending for the faith is not there. That's something we don't want. And we know you don't want it either. And so we're trusting that God will bless this ministry through you, through your prayers, and through your giving. There's two ways you can donate. You can address a check or money order to contending for the faith, post office box 553. Tiburon, California, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Or you can simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and, and eternity. So we want to encourage you tonight, be consistent in prayer and be consistent in giving. All right, Dr. Buckner, you're about ready to go back to the phones. We hope they're truly working here. Let's do it, Brother Gary. All right, we're going to go to Lee. Thank you. I really appreciated your opening remarks about um, sitting before God and being still, asking for strength, and I'm going to try that this week. Since it's Passion Week, I'm going to do that. And if Deborah is listening, I'm praying for her still after all these years, so I don't know if she is. I have a housekeeping question about the church. Um, I um, have been going to a church that I really like for the past four months, and um, the pastor's solid, and everything's terrific, and even the music is wonderful. Um, They have earplugs. I've never had to use them, but last week was horrendously loud, 
and I tend to be very blunt, is there any way I could phrase it so it doesn't sound like too much of a criticism? Because I'm sure people involved in the church get criticized constantly. But I mean, this is the kind of thing where if I went and I heard that loud music the first time, I'd have never gone back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How do, well, I, how do it, I phrase it, that? Mm-hmm. How, how many times have you been to the church there? Four months since uh, November, Thanksgiving, and it's never been a problem. Never, ever, ever. In fact, I've got invested in people's lives over there. I don't go to small groups, but I go every Sunday. I join the welcoming committee. So, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm between a rock and a hard place because yeah, well, I'm it's good it's that you're calling in to ask the question about it. And I think the the starting point would be uh, to uh, go to the, set up a time where you can uh, set up an appointment to meet with a pastor and also uh, the music director uh, who's over the music uh, worship. And uh, I think you need to just get transparent and just, it's not what you say, but how you say it. And just say, you know, let them know that, just like you shared with us, how long you've been going there since November, and that it's really been a blessing to you, the the preaching and the teaching, as well as the music. But there's been some times where it's been a little bit too loud for me, and uh, I just want to come in love and with respect. And is there a way that uh, we could uh, balance this out some way so... And, and, and I believe that if you do that, and again, it's not what you say, but how you say it, and you do it in the spirit of love and gentleness and reverence, uh, as the Bible talks about, uh, most of the time, uh, a pastor and a music director will uh, be sensitive to uh, what's happening with you, and they will try to do everything they can to work with you because they don't want to they ultimately don't want to lose you. And also, uh, they don't want this to be a stumbling block because the uh, Romans chapter 14 says, don't create a stumbling block in your brother's way. So this is somewhat uh, affecting your ears and in a way that it's affecting you. And I think you just need to uh, set up an appointment and uh, just let them know. Hey, I think you should start off by saying the church has been a real blessing and I've been coming since uh, November, and I, uh, I'm i not coming uh, to criticize the church at all. I'm just coming to let you know about a concern uh, with me and, and, and my hearing and the ears. And I just wanted to bring that to your attention, and then they can explore that with you and try to work out something uh, with you and try to accommodate you around that that situation. So I, I think that's that's what you need to do. And I would encourage you to do that. And uh, I believe God will will bless. And Gary, you want to add to this? Yes, yeah, I do. You were with a worship. You do a worship praise team, and uh, you'll yeah. be able to say some things on this as well. Yeah. Let me let me just say this because there's a couple of things that I noticed. You you've been here for a while. You've been in the church for a while, and this is the first time it's happened. So this may have been an aberration. Maybe that week they had some problems with the sound system. Maybe that week they had a different person running sound. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things that could be going on. 
that especially if you haven't had this as a problem for, for all, all this time, all of a sudden it's just this this one incident, and maybe it'll be back to normal. You know, this weekend, who you know, you never know. Uh, but if you if it can if it's consistent, if it continues, then um, I would I would take that path that Dr. Buckner mentioned that you know um, and see what's going on because um, chances are if it's affecting you, it's affecting other people. And if it's and it's starting to become a pattern, then they they should know. You know, hey, you know what? Something's going on. I've been here for four weeks now, and sound has been wonderful. All of a sudden, this last weekend, I noticed the the, the volume, the levels of have, have jumped up. Has something changed? Is there a reason for uh, this increase in volume? Because it's uncomfortable. And usually, good sound people they have. Uh, devices that measure decibels and, and there's there's a, a level that they're trying to achieve that that is comfortable normally and they should be uh concerned about checking those decibels because it's not good for your hearing for that stuff to be too loud especially um if there's children and babies in there you know a lot of times you know churches like you said they have earplugs or they have special little headphones for 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 young kids because their hearing isn't developed and it can be damaged so there's there's a um, you know you you, you got to do your due diligence and ask the right questions and I you know don't worry about I don't think you're going to offend them you're not trying to complain but you just have a concern and and it's a and it's a valid concern because it will affect it, not just you but I bet you other people uh, are sensing something changed too so yeah and that's a good point and and also that uh, if you're I don't know what your age is, but uh, also a lot of times when people get older, you know, their hearing situation changes. And so, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to, uh, if you're starting to see a a change uh, where your hearing is being affected uh, more so than it was in the past, it, it, it sometimes I encourage people to uh, go get a hearing test and uh, see what's going on because it could be uh, the band, it could be your ears changing, uh, it could be a multitude of things, but you just have to explore all the options that we're talking about. And uh, sometimes when people, their ear, I'm not saying that that's the issue with you, but I'm saying it, it could be with some people. And uh, And then what happens a lot of times there's things that they can uh, put on their ears during uh, worship services like that, and it can uh, cut down the, the noise at that particular time. So hopefully some of the things that we have said has been a uh, help to you, and uh, ho- hopefully it's, it's, it's ministered to you in some way. It's helped a lot. Thank you. There's a two-month-old baby that's been coming, and she was screaming last Sunday. And yes, the mother took that's her out, good. and it was not good. I mean, she's two months old, and to be listening to, like, rock concert-type music, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And I've been there four months, and last weekend was the first time. Yeah, do they have also, uh, do they have a, chil- a children ministry? They do, but she's two months old. Eight yeah, she's two old. months old, so she's going <laughs> to more likely be with, she's gonna be with her mother. But, Sometimes yeah, the children... Yeah. They need to, they need to, you need to probably, uh, as I was saying at the beginning is, uh, go, uh, and just address the issue. And, 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 and it's a really, 
caring pastor and music director, uh, they're gonna they're gonna hear your concern, and mm-hmm. um, I believe I believe they'll do something about it because they don't they don't want to lose you and other people. And if this is starting to be, uh, as Gary said, a pattern, then it has to be addressed because nobody says anything. It's just going to continue, and they're gonna think it's okay, especially uh, you know what you're bringing out. So. Yeah. And this is a this a challenge for a lot of churches, and you know I I feel your pain, and you know <laughs> sometimes um, I've been in churches where the the volume is an issue, the type of music becomes an issue, and some churches you know um, they, they they have fog machines going, and people don't like the smell of that stuff, and that's an issue. Oh wow. <laughs> they are losing track of the fact that it's worship of God. It's worship right. of God. It's not for us. We're supposed right. to be part of the worship. If there was right. no worship, no music, we should make our own. Yeah. Lee, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, I remember you. Uh, we haven't heard from you in a while. How have you been? Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Yeah, I've listened to you for a while. That's why I mentioned Deborah. If she yes, still listens, been, I still pray for her, and it's been many years. Yes, thank you for doing that, because it's uh, we we feel the prayers, and she does too. So, uh, But it's good to hear from you. And, uh, thank you. you. Know, we're going to have a, a, a prayer for you right now before we close this program. Oh, thank you. It would only you. be uh, right for us to pray around your concerns. And would you do us a favor? Would you, uh, after you address this issue, would you get back with us and let us know how it turned out? Yes, yes, I will. Yeah, we would appreciate that. Brother Gary, let's pray around this concern. Okay. <clears throat> Lord, we just pray for Lee and her church and the situation that has come about. We pray, Lord God, for a speedy resolution to it and a resolution that is done in love where God, they're there to worship you and to glorify you and and we know, Lord God, that their hearts are in the right place. But sometimes technical issues uh, come about. Sometimes people are unaware that volume is creeping up or whatever the situation. We pray, Lord God, that it would be resolved in love and that people's ears uh, are protected. Children, babies um, are recognized. And it's important that they are um, cared for in a proper way as well, Lord God. We just pray that you bless this church as they move forward, as they try to um, to, as they desire to worship you and to give you praise, Lord God, that you would bless them for their effort and that you would just take care of this situation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Lee, it's so good to hear from you and uh, keep in contact with us more often. And what you were saying at the beginning about, you know, sitting and just being mm-hmm. silent in his presence, Gary and I were talking about that. And he said, Dr. Buckner, what you were saying is something that, I was teaching the men as I was ministering to them. So uh, we trust that a lot of other people got touched by what uh, the Lord was saying uh, through me as well. Well, we're going to get ready to close up this program, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Brother Gary, and Lee bless you and keep you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I, I encourage people to to get in that habit of sitting still before God is so important. Because yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, why do we pray? We want to be with God. We want to love God, and we want to hear from Him. And it's in that stillness that that happens. All right. Well, we've come to the end of another exciting broadcast, and we want to thank 
our engineer, Vince, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. We just want to remind you that next week is Easter, and so we will be uh, out of the studio, but we will be presenting one of the best of Contending for the Faith. So please keep us in your prayers until next time. And uh, we give you the opportunity to ask questions and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.